here we go. Let's start. This is episode 319 of No Laugh Track Podcasts. This is Justin Severson. Uh, I'm the host. We're here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis because this is their podcast. And I am the host. My guest this week is Dwight Slade. Hello. Hello, Dwight. Greetings. You, uh, let's see, how long has it been? Uh, two, oh, two years. It's been, it's been three. Three? I don't know how that happened, but. What the heck? Yeah. What have you been 2015. doing? 2015. Uh, you know, just a lot of work and um, and just, you know, busy. I moved, and uh, that was, you know, upsetting uh, just because it, I had lived in the same place for 18 years. Yeah, I just, I was looking on your website, and I saw your post on that. Yeah. and uh, Let's start right there. We got a lot of things to talk about today. Let's start right there. Why, uh, did, you moved from Portland. Yeah, we were. Li- I was living in Portland, Oregon. I moved there in '83. Um, I-, I was li- uh, living in Los Angeles, doing open mics, trying to get a, a kind of wi- uh, make my way up the Los Angeles ladder. And I went to Portland, and it was just this real hotbed of comedy from the '80s, and uh, with six open mics and a real f- supportive um, group of comedians. And so I moved up there, and I just wound up staying there for right. uh, for 18 years, and then. You know, in the meantime, you know, families change and possessions change. My kids grew up, and the basement was just an absolute. Uh, it was just crammed with stuff from from family members who had died to my kids' old toys. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was borderline hoarders down in my basement. And trying to get I can drag relate. all that stuff out and put it into a moving van, and. Uh, you know, taking loads of it to Goodwill. Yeah. They were just, they didn't want to take it. They looked at me, they saw me <laughs> coming. and was like, no, we don't need this at all. It's a Pocahontas doll from 2002. We don't need it. No. We've actually found this to be politically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, but it's very cathartic. It's very purifying to go through that experience. I bet. I, um, I'm sort of do. I have no plans of moving. Um, from where I live now. Not well, actually, so we great. wanted to speak to you about that. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> uh, I have no plans of moving. Uh, not because I love it so much, but it's just uh, moving sucks and I don't need to. Uh, however, I do have way too much crap. And I've been making, in the last four months, I've made probably four trips with the back of my vehicle full of bags to, mm-hmm. to thrift stores to donate. Great. Yeah. It's... It's, some of it's easy to get rid of, and others I have a really hard time. Well, there is, and there's this element of severe guilt that we live in a society where it's like one of the problems is too much stuff. Yeah. It's, and As we're talking about in December, where we're about to give people yeah. shower our loved ones with gifts and whatnot, right? Yeah, and, and useless stuff. Yeah. That, and, and you're actually shopping for stuff. You're stopping at Ross Dress for Less and that pile of things for men. You're like, well, I think... I think he needs a poker kit. I think my brother would like a poker kit. Yeah. And it's like, don't don't buy them. No, he has three kit. he's never used. You just don't ever see him because he never uses them. Right, he doesn't play poker. <laughs> he never has. That's ridiculous. That's right. So I think it's called affluenza. That's the term that uh, I heard years ago. What is this? It's affluency. It's the disease of affluency. It's affluenza. And uh, it's when you have too much stuff. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I'm a big proponent of it, I mean, of making people aware of it. So I have asked, this is what my new thing is, is if people want to know what I want, I say, give me plants. I want everyone who wants to give me a gift to make it a plant. And I okay. want my house to be full of plants. There's there's no lose in this situation. Yeah. yeah. Because if they die, it's like, well, you know, there's always one behind them. That's know? true. So uh-huh. I encourage people to do that. Uh, we've done a new thing where we're giving. Um, actually, it's so new; it's the first year we've done it. We're, uh, we're skipping giving gifts to uh, like my wife and I and the kids. They're getting nothing from us for on Christmas Day, well, except an education about what life is like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Open that up; it's empty. See, <laughs> see. No, we booked a uh, family vacation. We're going to do family vacation. Oh, late, yeah, that's uh, a great idea. Early next year. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why you're doing it to Ohio, but. <laughs> Maybe we, Orlando. Have you heard of that? N- none of us have been to Ohio. I hear great things. Mm-hmm. It's funny you said Orlando. That is where we're going. Of course. <laughs> Not Disney, though. We're skipping Disney. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
We've all been separately. Okay. So we're skipping Disney and doing other stuff. Yeah. Uh, Dana Gould was here. Remind, well, first of all, remind me your children. Uh, they're grown up now. and They're grown. Is it two? I have two kids. Yeah. My daughter turned 30 this year. And she was like, I feel so old. Oh, really? <laughs> you do? I don't know anything about that. Compared to what? Yes. Yeah, being the, try having a 30-year-old daughter. <laughs> what that feels like. So it's a daughter and a son? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have two daughters. Dana Gould was here within the last month or so. And you adopted him. And I No, other way around. I, oh, I am now his son. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Looking forward to the gifts in a couple of weeks from him. Uh, no, he, uh, we started talking about uh, a little bit about kids, and he brought up about... Um, he said, he's, you know, Matt Groening once, I love his name drops because he knows oh, all these crazy yeah. famous people. He's like, you know, Matt Groening once said to me, wow. like, awesome name drop, uh, that, uh, you know, the, the most important thing being a parent is to take as much pi- many pictures and video when they're young <laughs> as possible. And as soon as he said that, the first thing that popped in my head is, yeah, we did that. I can't watch it because when I watch it, I get so sad. Right. I, how yeah, about you? I, I would disagree with that. I don't think you should take that many of them. Because exactly what it is. There's, I have piles of VHS tapes. What am I going to do with them? I don't even have a VHS player. Well, there's that, yeah. And then I was like, well, you can always take them into digital. It's like, I don't want to spend that time. That's hours. <laughs> and it's expensive. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I'm not sure about that. I think just go in on your memory. And sometimes, uh, especially if you have multiple marriages, uh, there's always, you know, landmines that you step on. And, oh, I remember that situation. Well, that I don't know if you argument. remember, but I'm in, I have an ex-wife, you know, that I have, that the kids are. Okay. Yeah, so yep. I can relate to that really well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, landmines is a good way to put that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons I moved was because I'd been there for so long that every turn I made in the car was like, oh, that was a, uh, remember that gig? That was horrible. Oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, that was a horrible relationship. Oh, that was a bad. And I was like, this is just, everywhere you go is a bad memory. I wanted to get out of that. So sure. I went to a, a city where I've really never been to. So. And where did you move? We moved to Boise, Idaho. Okay. Yeah. And how long has this been? It's part of my Descending the Show Business Ladder <laughs> tour. Yeah, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> Dwight, here he is from Twin Falls. No. Uh, <laughs> it's an, it's an uh, unincorporated town. <laughs> it's not even on maps. Right. You been to Montana? Well, come along. <laughs> There's a comedy club that houses one. <laughs> but, uh, no, my, my wife got a job there and... Um, she has her family's there, so oh, okay, and it has a fairly decent airport, so that's kind of what I need. You do, yeah, um, right, um, okay. Yeah. The, the early on in the transition, how's it going? Uh, it's it's going okay. It's I, I find that uh, it's very where we live is very quiet, and I and I realize I hadn't had that for a lot of years, and I like it. I like being quiet. I, uh, so uh, like some land, you got a little land and everything. No, no land, just a very very quiet suburban neighborhood. Okay. With uh, I don't know my neighbors because you don't know your neighbors in the suburbs. You just look at them through your mini blinds. What's that guy doing over there? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, making his lawn. Uh, yeah, sure, make his roses over there. Oh, he's looking. <laughs> He's not even going to rake? Oh, just mowing them is good enough? Sure. Good luck. Yeah, it's all you are in the suburbs with these paranoid eyes glaring at each other through mini blinds. Car door slams at four in the morning. What the heck is going on over here at four in the morning over here? Someone's getting home for an all-night bender. I think that's a dead body in his trunk. Could be golf clubs, but I think it's a dead body. I saw that... um I did see that you were moving, or that you had moved to Boise, uh, Idaho, and uh, Idaho's like one of the fastest growing po- population-wise in the country. Have you seen that? Very true, very well, true. What do you know about that? Why? Why, why are well, people going? Boise there? has the the luxury of taking inspiration from Seattle and Portland, and not making the mistakes that they made in, in Seattle and Portland. Oh, for so example, the, well, just um, you know, certain levels of. Um, you know, construction and and understanding what to do with traffic and and um, that kind of situation. And there's a burgeoning comedy scene there, and there's also uh, a lot of good food and um, a lot of horse husbandry, which I've always secretly enjoyed. What? No, I'm kidding. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is there? I learned a, I learned a term this week. I don't think I've ever heard. It was a uh, freezing fog. 
mm. to describe the upcoming weather, which I don't think we ever had. Freezing fog. I don't remember ever hearing. Yeah, they're making things a up. Freezing now. fog, and I yeah. just thought, did you just mention another thing I don't know about? Yeah. <laughs> Or, the, or they've they've broadened the the index from heat index over into the cold index. Yeah, and it's like you're just you're just making this stuff up. No, that's that's the pessimistic view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Cold index. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, here we are in Minneapolis, and I ran out of chapstick last night and was admitted to the ER. Because <laughs> if you if you spend five minutes without chapstick in this town, you're literally on the ground with people. Uh, pulmonary resuscitation right. I know because you can die of chapism uh-huh. you, don't, you can just be chapped out and people will just walk right over your body trying to get trying to get your cherry classic onto your lips <laughs> terrifying it's, it's a lot yeah it's uh it's similar to spending a, a weekend in the desert yeah <laughs> true yeah huh. yeah in uh-huh. a month I'm so thirsty. My lips are so dry. I've had uh, someone give me red cherry classic, please. Anybody? How have uh, how's the week gone so far? Today's Thursday. I saw Nick Swordson did a little drop in. Nick Swordson did a set, and last night um, Tim Harmiston did a set. It was oh, really no kidding! Inspirational. See those guys, just brilliant. And, awesome. And um, two other acts, Steve and Robert, are just hilarious. Yeah, I see Steve Gillespie and Robert Burrell yeah. working with and you it, this week. It always takes me a, a, a little bit to get used to the, the caliber of comedy here, and I feel uh, a little bit intimidated oh, when no. you come to this club. And, uh, Not anymore. You've been coming for years. I, I, I know that, but but I, I feel a little bit intimidated by the talent level here and the tradition it has and, and owning up to the tradition of the room. And uh, but that's what's great about having a Tuesday Wednesday show is you work that out and then yeah. you're like oh I remember what this is like you can take chances you can go out on a limb yeah you can, you can uh, so I've been trying out some new stuff and it's Good. just it's always just really wonderful okay such a joy how uh, where where have you been working recently you know I've been doing a lot of those uh, cruise ships you are okay yeah and uh, they've been real good they've filled my schedule. And giving me something I've never had, which is security. Right. And, and comics don't get that because you look at your schedule and you go, oh, it's two months away and I have nothing on the calendar. Yeah. And uh, and so that's helped out a, a, a little bit. And I've learned that I really like these ships. I, you know, people are in good moods and you can s- sort of work your way around where it's a real comedy club. Yeah. I, we be- talked about it a little bit last time. Mm-hmm. And I guess you kind of learn which ones are the good ones. and Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you've, uh, have you uh, visited any exotic places recently that are... Uh, I've, I always like uh, the. I mean, they send me to the Caribbean quite a bit, and I'm always amazed. You'll the the, the the ship will park, and on the left side is like this uh, beach that has a Margaritaville theme to it, mm-hmm. and there's loud music, and there's just you know people are crammed there, and then to the other side is this empty beach of people, like four people walking, and you go over there, and pretty soon you're at a beach where there's no footprints. There's just this sand and this beautiful and it's like 15 minutes away why would you go to the crowded this, place yeah, the margaritaville place and when it's so I, I you know people have a different vision of what going on vacation is than i do yeah yeah so. yeah no i i think you got it right with the yeah. more laid back one no no doubt about it that's the topless beach you're talking right. about right <laughs> that's right unfortunately i'm the only one there <laughs> it's the bottomless beach it's the bottom of the speech. I um I want to get your thoughts on this. I saw this tweet from a guy. I I apologize, JP McDade. I don't. I'm not familiar with your work. Just a fan. Uh, but he's a uh, he's a comedian. I learned from Twitter. And uh, this tweet he had got some attention last night. I want your opinion. He says uh, his is his suggestion. Uh, how about a reverse last comic standing where lesser known comics critique rich and famous headliners? Thinks wow. it'd be a very good show. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's I I like that. Yeah. That's great, especially if you could take the uh, producer level out of it and the network level out of it, and so the, the the network's not guiding the contest. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and so um, yeah, except if you're successful at comedy, you probably would never enter. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. You'd, it would have to be like a uh, prize that goes to charity or something. Really, you know, mm-hmm. pull on those strings and, and somebody. Yeah, well, what what do you have you watched? I have not watched a lot of Netflix comedy specials. Um, have you? 
Uh, a lot. I, it's hard to answer that because there's so many. So I don't know what a, a large percentage. Definitely not. Do I watch them? Uh, yeah. Um, probably a few a month. I would say mm-hmm. probably two a month. I try to get to. Yeah. I'd like to get to more. Um, that's not always easy. My wife and I don't always agree on which ones to watch. I think that someone that. can make a lot of money as a binge-watching therapist about how to get couples onto a show that they can both enjoy. Because we're just polar opposites. We're very close as a couple. But when it yeah. comes to watching television, we are light years away from each other. And we can't find that one show that's like, okay, we can binge-watch this. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you been sucked into any like shows that she's been into? And you're like, there's no way. And then f- suddenly you're like, oh, my God, well, I can't. I'm looking forward to next week or the next episode. How yeah, did this we, happen? We, what Handmaid's Tale we got into. But that becomes one that's like you have to really pick when you're going to watch. It. You can't do it before bed because you, you'll dream horrible dreams. OK, you can't do it during dinner. You can't bring food over there because it'll be like, oh, there's been a crucifixion. That's appetizing. <laughs> And uh, pass the peas. That's right. And so you have to plan it. It's like we've got we've got handmaids at 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 two forty in the afternoon. That's all we can do. Uh-huh. So clear your schedule. <laughs> so that's a challenge. I've never watched that one. Never watched that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, that would be a good job for someone to recommend those. Uh, but as far as the Netflix specials, yeah, you know, I I pick and choose. Sometimes I. You know, I'm I'm more likely to watch one from someone who I'm already a fan of than to uh, watch one just to oh feel this person out and see if I like their stuff. Well, I'm, I'm it's a risk for me to offer opinions uh, because I'm I'm a, a different era of stand up. But in, yes, in my era of stand up, and it's been hard for me to break out of it is that it was about the joke. It was about the laughs per minute that your goal was to get up there and hammer for 30 to 45 minutes and leave them breathless. And audiences now are very forgiving, and they want to know more about the person that's doing the jokes than the jokes themselves. And so um, I really admire that that a lot of comics have been able to, you know, they've, they've been raised to believe that they should be personal and take aspects from their own life. And I just am terrified of that. Okay. I, don't, I don't want them to. I want to make fun of other shit and just pound away at it. Yeah. And um, so it's it's been a challenge to um, to try to open up. And I, I have a feeling that I become – I look a little archaic when you go up and you do, you know, five minutes of jokes about, you know, food or television or, or telephones or whatever or mobile phones. People are like, what's a telephone? What's that? <laughs> Do you mean mean a phone? So. <laughs> when when uh, the last time we recorded uh, the podcast here, you were recording, working on like a really strong half hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you said, "Yeah, I've been doing this over and over and over again to try to get a Comedy Central thing." Yeah, yeah. And, and well, I've given up on that. You've given up on that. <laughs> I, I figure they'll come get me when they're ready, and I'm happy with where I am. Okay. So, uh, and I like the way you said that, like from I don't know how did you say from your era or from your time? Yeah, like what? I mean, you started a long, not a long time ago, but at a very young no, age, a long time ago. Okay, my, my first open mic was 1977. Yeah, okay, and it was a long time ago. Th- yeah, that's that's over five decades of of work in one area of life. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, and so and and I'm a white straight male middle-aged and i'm responsible for every shitty thing that's happened and i admit it i admit it my i'll take it line up i i'll sit there with a thank you note you know uh <laughs> apology notes mm-hmm. dear american indians sorry we fucked it up for you we sorry about taking your land and shit love dwight white male straight <laughs> middle-aged <laughs> Send that out. Yeah. And next, let's line it up. Let's say, dear women, sorry about running your life and beating you. And it's just, it, it's just, we have such. No one wants to hear a white middle-aged male anymore. We're tired of hearing your fucking point of view. And I, and I, I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So uh, I, that's why I'm trying to kind of shift maybe a little bit and and and, and talk and try different things to be more. 
make it more personal? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I and, and maybe to, uh, to issue a voice that hasn't been heard. You okay. Because uh, one one thing that I disagree on is people go, oh, there's too much political correctness. And it's always white dudes that say that. It's never people of color or or women say that. I mean, ask people of color, do you think there's too much political correctness? Eh, no. Nah, nah, that's something that white people have to deal with, not us. Right. And uh, and so I think it's a challenge. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like the way you're looking at that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 100%. I understand my gender. I understand my demographic. And, it's, and we have fucked everything up for everyone. Yeah. Have you ever thought about... Uh, this might sound crazy. You ever thought about writing a book or writing something about all the what you've? I mean, because you've been through so many different er- eras right now, and you're not. I mean, you're calling yourself middle age. Fine, middle age. That's not old. You know, you still, if you want, can have a. You know, this yeah. career can go on for a lot longer. Sure. You know, so it's not done being written, but there's a lot behind you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about? Getting all that out there, like comparing the 80s to the late 70s, mm. to the 90s, to now, mm. to, you know, like all the things you've seen, the people that have come and gone. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've thought of, I, I write quite a bit, but I've never written the quite from that angle. Maybe that's that's an interesting angle to I've I prefer uh, writing uh, children's stories. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, that went in the wrong direction. But uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I think eventually the, the you know uh, a book of where I've come from w- would be interesting to people. Yeah, uh, I, I found that when I um, I moved and I put a post on Facebook, it got more reactions than when my wife and I got married. And I think it was because people liked to hear this a glimpse of what it was like in the eighties to yeah. be doing stand up and and uh, and ride that wave that was so new. I'm telling you, Dwight. People want to hear that. Okay, you have that in you. You got to get that right. out it's there. A, man. It's a shame that I was uh, I was stoned the entire time. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I was the opposite. I I I, I never did anything. I, I never rode that part of it. I, no. And now you've left uh, Portland, where pot was all over the place. Yeah. To Idaho, where I assume still illegal. It's medical. I think they have the medical. Oh, okay. And, uh, I, I think it's just a matter of time before the rest of the states go. There, there's money to be made here. Yeah, I yeah. I saw a thing that in Portland they're considering uh, the next thing to be legalized might be magic mushrooms. They do that in in Amsterdam. You can get m- m- magic mushrooms. I think it's part of the thing that this is the only area where people have a voice now. It's like I think that a lot of criticism about legal weed is that it's like why why are we arguing about our indulgences? You know, why do we have to have that? And the reason is because that's the only thing that we control is our bodies and our sexuality. That's why you hear people bitching about it and bathrooms. It's like what is the fucking problem? Just go in and pee and get out. Yeah. Don't what, what the bathroom is like the gym. You just keep your eyes down. <laughs> right? P. It's like, I don't, why are you checking out the junk of the, of the tranny next to you? Tranny, yeah. that's, I shouldn't have said that, but the transgender person next to you. Just, just fucking go and pee and get out. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> I love that in other parts of the world, too. You'll walk in and there'll be uh, an opposite gender cleanup person, and they're just, they're, oh, they're cleaning sure. it up around you, and there's no stigma about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's You're going to have to leave before I enter this room. So, <laughs> did you see the? Um, uh, how old was the kid? I wrote it down in my notes here. The kid who uh, he dropped his last name because it was Trump, and he's been getting bullied in school. <laughs> Have you seen this? I didn't. That's very funny. That's very funny. I want to look up some more of the um, some more of the details here. I, but while I'm looking this up, uh, another thing I saw on your website it said. Performances in Hong Kong? Mm-hmm. Is that in the future? No, I did a tour. You of, did it earlier this year. Uh, I did it uh, to, uh, a year or two ago. Oh, a year or two ago. Okay. And you know, it was an outstanding opportunity. And um, there's, a, there's a guy from Australia who puts together a group of mostly UK comedians. Okay. And then he invited me along. And the great thing about it was that I work with Gina Yashiri, who is just she's so great, so great. And to hang out with her and 
and uh, walk on the Great Wall and be able to listen to her. It was just it was just a great tour. I just watched. Uh, I've been catching up. Have you seen the uh, Comedy Central show uh, live from the Comedy Cellar? The show they have now. Uh-oh. Uh, she was just on uh, one of the recent episodes. Okay. Uh, Gina Yashere yeah. is really funny. Uh, she was on there, and Dave Fulton, you got to work with on that thing too, right? Dave Fulton, yes, one of the one of the great, uh, and he's an Idaho comic too. <laughs> oh, is he really? He is in Idaho. Yeah. Jeez, it's been so long since he's been around here. I yeah. forgot about that. I miss him. He was when the first couple of years I was doing the podcast. He was still coming to really? Acme. Oh, he's so good. Oh yeah, I've, I've not been able to see his set in a long time. So oh, he's so, he's so funny. Um, yeah. So uh, there's this kid. His name was uh, Joshua. Uh, young boy in Delaware, and the relentless mockery of his name became so unbearable he decided to change it. Uh, Trump began his campaign uh, in the Oval Office. 11 year old Joshua Trump <laughs> found himself on the receiving end of endless childhood taunting. His mother, now I think mom may have some blame here. Mm-hmm. Mom, Megan Trump Berto. Mm, wow. You know what they did here? They gave the kid the double. They couldn't decide on the last name, so he has both mom and dad's last names. I get it. Yeah. Could have just went with dad's last name, traditional. Yeah. Boom. No Trump uh, controversy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Hide behind the Birdo. Right? Yeah. yeah. Can no we one's connect- going to challenge you on that. <laughs> can we connect Birdo to anything negative? I don't think so. Uh, yeah. So they thought his experience in middle school would be different, and it, it's not. So they, uh, they, they then homeschooled him for a year. To try to remedy it. Oh, man. <laughs> then he, moved schools, put him back, and the, the uh, taunting continued, so now he's changed his name. Do you ever think about that, how bad your name could have been if your parents, when you were born, just loved the name Gilligan? Yeah, right? right. Go through the rest of your life known as Lil Buddy. <laughs> I, uh, I just found out the other day my youngest daughter doesn't like her middle name. Oh. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. I'm not, not too... Uh... What is the middle name? Noel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's a, you know what? Why she's she right. Name, why don't she just name her Santa? That would have been yeah, the same thing. Yeah, she's right. But that's, a, that's a sweet name. Mm-hmm. But, well, it's up to her. When it when you say it like, you know, the three, first name, middle name, last name, it sounds great together. Right. Well, I see. Just individually, maybe, maybe not so much. Yeah. Maybe not so much. You know the um, uh, Dax Shepard, the actor? Mm-hmm. You familiar with who he is? His wife is Kristen Bell, okay. actress. I was reading a thing about them. They uh, they have a policy. They have children that are three and five years old. They have a policy where they don't lie. Hmm. Okay. So the Santa Claus just came ah. up, yeah. and they've they've been honest with their children and said Santa mm-hmm. is is a thing. Mommy and Daddy uh, make up. Yeah, well, you can delete information and, inqu- and and use other information and convey it to that. Yeah. It's like, is there a Santa? Some people think there is. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you uh, go. Do you feel like there is? Uh, I've never uh, personally heard Santa, but a lot of people tell me. I always wanted to tell my kids that there was, uh, and I, uh, I'm dodging around this area very, very tenderly. Okay. Because I wanted credit for the expensive presents I was buying. <laughs> like, oh, Santa brought me this. No. <laughs> Santa brought you something else. <laughs> those little gloves that were $2 at the Dollar Tree. I brought you this. That the el- Those $2 gloves that the elves made. The Star Wars Lego set. I bought you that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not in Santa's budget. It's not in Dad's either. But I got it for you. Enjoy your Pocahontas doll. <laughs> So I, I, when I read that headline, I was saying it to my wife. I'm like, could you even, I mean, you, what? Yeah. I don't, that's the strangest policy I've ever, last night on the news, they had a thing about, uh, this is terrible. They're in Minneapolis at an elementary school. The little girl ran into the school yesterday afternoon because a guy tried to ab- hey. abduct her. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Jeez. super scary, right? So on the news last night, they're saying, like, you know, here's a little, you know, friendly lesson or a good way to remind everyone, like, kids, mm-hmm. if you're at home and mom and dad aren't home, somebody knocks on the door. Don't say mom and dad aren't here. You say they can't come to the door right now. Uh-huh. It's a good lie. Yeah. It's well, a good lie. Well, it is. Or just give them guns. Or just give them guns. That's the way it is. Yeah. That's what the Trump kid asked for. <laughs> <laughs> Josh. Ding, 
Bong. <laughs> Back off, please. <laughs> Mommy and Daddy are napping. That's right. So I just don't know how uh, Dax and Kristen would handle um, a situation like that. No, well, if, if Mommy and Daddy are, well, I'm sure they have like a maid or whatever, uh, you know, in-home uh, assistant right, or something right. that answers the door. So they don't have to worry about that, but pretend they did. Uh, no, just tell them Mom and Daddy are home. Open the door. Yeah. yeah. We need to be honest with everyone. Yeah, no. Anytime there's extremism, there's an issue. And mm-hmm. No matter which way you go, the pendulum goes. There's an issue if you're a little bit psychotic and you're pushing too far. Yeah. And the, Do you remember when the uh, when that magic was lost with your kids when you found when they figured things out around the holidays? Do you remember when? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it like ne- from age nine to eleven, I think something. I think they figure it out. Yeah, you know, they come and they realize there's nothing magical about this. Yeah, and um, but but when I when I was a kid, I think I I woke up in the middle of the night once, and I sort of a hazy. Uh, I could hear my parents, you know, doing things. And they had, I remember they had a stocking that had a jingle bell on it. Oh, yeah. So I woke up to bumping in the night and a jingle bell, and I was convinced it was Santa. Yeah, of course. And so I always said that when I was a kid, I heard things, and I told them what I heard. And I said, so, you know, it's up to you. Yeah. Right. So. I remember going to my grandparents' house and, and as a really young kid at Christmas, for Christmas, and... I just, to this day don't know where the sound came from, but I remember always hearing like ching chicka ching, like sleigh is, bells. Are, are, seriously, is there two grown men actually debating about? I think there's a Santa, <laughs> <laughs> and I think he visited me when I was a child. <laughs> Only once. Right. Uh, it's some up somewhere. My grandmother had a stereo speaker playing what was probably a cassette <laughs> of sleigh bells, but I don't know where it was. Okay, I don't know where it was. So good job. Grandma Severson. No lap track and also delusional. <laughs> we are delusional. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little. <laughs> yeah, are you, how's your Christmas shopping going? Uh, well, I don't have to, like I said, I don't oh, have to right. buy from, from uh, my wife or kids. I do have uh, my parents and sister have to get stuff for. And I'm so far behind in Christmas shopping, I have not even made the friends to buy the presents for. <laughs> That's a troublesome position. <laughs> no, I... Um, my thankfully we do it where people and this is another thing like just about like we started the podcast we're talking about you know all the stuff we have and most of it we probably don't even need it just piles up somewhere we have so many possessions you know and then christmas comes around and we make lists for each other Mm -hmm. it's not even creative it's not even like oh you put so much thought into this we've given up on that like with my mom and dad sister Mm -hmm. it's just it's literally like check my amazon wish list or i'm going to email you the lists and just that's it yeah. How how is that? Ugh. It's, it's depressing how not personalized that is at all. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You probably know where I got this. You probably know how much I paid for it, and I put no effort into thinking about it. Thank you. Enjoy. For, thank you for the thought yeah. which I provided for you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've always had a problem with that, but then people counter with, "Well, you know, you don't want to get something they don't want." Yeah. Right. And I, you know, I agree with that. My my brother and I, um, when we were kids we used to wait for the school bus and it took about six minutes between when we were eating to where we had to go out to the the school bus and in that six minutes we would watch on tv the old uhf tv the old popeye from the 30s oh yeah they had it on t uh, on on and they were hilarious and i encourage people to look for these things because the, the 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 guy who animated the early popeye was uh, at the same time that Walt Disney was doing it, and Walt Disney did fantasy and and princesses, and this guy did an element of animation that was in uh, Depression era. He showed Popeye in Depression era backgrounds, oh, you know, yeah. empty lots, broke people. Uh, Wimpy was always begging for money, yeah. and uh, and he's and the the animator has gotten a lot of of kudos since then. And I remember them as just being hysterical. With with Popeye would always talk under his breath, and <laughs> and the amount of and I guess he improved that the actor who did no. it. And so I found there's a there's a, a box set you can get of the early Popeyes from the 30s. And I was like, I gotta get this for my brother. And I so I wrapped it up, and I was so thrilled. He had no recollection. Oh no! 
of ever watching the Popeye. He's like, oh, this is cool. And I was Why'd like. Why'd you think I want this? And I was like, I thought I had found this treasure Son from our a... childhood. And I was realizing that's why people look at lists is because of the disappointment. Yeah. If they open up a gift and go, I have no idea what this is. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm I'm being uh, I'm being a little bit broad on this. He, he did eventually remember. Oh, okay, yeah, we used to watch that. Yeah. But, <laughs> My dad's list included a belt, so that's oh, all. No, okay, yeah. very creative. <laughs> yeah, that's just sad. Right? Like, what do you? Yeah, have you been holding out? Like, I don't like to treat myself throughout the year. I'm going to make you buy it for me as a gift. Yeah, you should go up to him and go. I thought you said belch. Sorry, <laughs> my my bad. Yeah. I should show up with one from a thrift store because he likes shopping at thrift stores. Hmm. Okay. Um, I do, too, as well. Who am I kidding? I uh, I did a quick Google search uh, of your old pal that we've talked about on the podcast before, Bill Hicks. Uh-huh. And they're doing a... Do you know anything about Richard, Richard Linklater doing a... I did read that, that uh, he's bought the rights to it. There's been a number of people who have bought the rights to it. Robert, uh, not Robert, but uh, Crow. Uh, oh, Cameron Crow. Cameron Crow um, was was at, at one time had it. He had the rights to it. And uh, so who were they buying rights from? The family. Okay. Or um, I, I guess that's it. Uh, or because there are some books where you can buy the rights from the books to make a movie. I'm not sure how it all comes about. But, okay. But yeah, but it's always exciting to see people discovering my old friend and and uh, and and how much he has become continued to be relevant. And the amount of influence he had is always very inspirational. I, I mean, more right now, even more so than 10 years ago, right? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Isn't how it crazy? The, the themes that Bill talked about were, are still relevant. Stuff in the Middle East. Stuff yeah. with the popular music about show business and, and how ridiculous it is. Uh, he had not only a real uh, introspective mind, but he also had this broad, I think, inspiration for longevity. Uh, and, and, and so it's just his brilliance kind of really has gone on. Yeah. The article I read said that, uh, you know, Richard Linklater, people know from probably like Days to Confuse, uh-huh. probably one of his most famous movies, that he's from Houston as well. Yeah. And it said his older brother went to did, did you know any of his family? I don't, I don't the know. The article said his older brother went to school with you oh, guys. Okay. Well, that's quite possible because yeah. the 70s in Texas was an interesting era because that's when everyone was moving to Houston. Be, there was a concerted effort to make the, sure the petroleum industry was centered in Houston. So they built skyscrapers for Shell Oil. And my my dad got transferred. Uh, he worked for Shell Oil for years. Bill's family got transferred. Uh, his, his dad worked for General Motors. And... Um, and so there was this sort of uh, this group of people who sort of reached the promised land of uh, what they of what they've always wanted the American dream, which is to have their children have these beautiful homes in the suburban life. Why would you complain about this? And instead, you got kids that were like jaundiced about the soullessness of their lives, and and that's what we we grew up as. We just we yeah. just we thought it was just so just so, so wrong to grow up and be satisfied with this sedentary life and its acceptance of both religion and so, so, social mores. We wanted nothing to do with it. And um, we came across as ungrateful. And, uh, I, you know, I suppose that's correct. We were. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, But our, our high school, for some reason, uh, in a small amount of time, um, produced a lot of famous people. Clint Black went to our high school. Oh, no kidding. Kelly Emberg, a supermodel who married Rod Stewart, went to our high school, was in my brother's class. Craig James, who played in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, and went on to ESPN. Yeah. And, and, it, it, I, I, and it's never repeated itself. I don't know why this one period of time produced and then produced Bill Hicks. Yeah. Everybody left town. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and reproduced someplace else. That's what happened. All right. We're through with this area. Let's move on. <laughs> Have you gone back recently to Houston? Performing at all? Have not, no. 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 And I know uh, one of the times we recorded, you had, we talked about uh, Bill, and you had just talked to his mom. 
Yeah. You still speaking to her on a regular basis? I do. I, I, I call her on uh, usually the holidays or Bill's birthday or uh, or Mother's Day. And um, she's just as, as great as ever. It's just so she's just, just so sweet. And, yeah. And uh, I, I really get a lot of out of it, and I think she gets a lot out of I it. I bet. Yeah. Have you thought about what <laughs> what he would say about you leaving Portland for Idaho? I think about that a lot. Do you really? Because we moved into a suburb that's quiet, and the houses are the same. And I, and it's like, what happened to the adolescent raging voice that I swore to as I was growing up? But I think as you as you get older, you become more temperate and, and uh, accepting. And you do it on your terms, and I'm doing it on my terms. I don't feel a shred of guilt about yeah. it. And who knows? He, he could have softened as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, he, he in a number of ways he already, he already had. He he uh, he, had, you know, um, before he died, he got into astronomy and he bought a telescope and would sit out. He went to Santa Fe or or no, he went to Taos, New Mexico, and he loved that place. And, oh, okay. And wanted to just sit and, and look at the stars. So, but that that's very much what what Bill was. Yeah, he was a character from from Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> Very much. That's a great way to put that. That's a great way to put that. Are you? Um, so you're doing shows here through today's Thursday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Are you? Are you after the shows? You out there selling any of your old your DVDs, CDs? I out? created a, a greatest hits CD that kind of culls from the, my uh, three or four other discs. Oh, good. That I have, so people can kind of. Um, they don't have to sit there and listen to shitty parts of my my comedy. They what? can just get right to the the good parts. Okay. And, um, and then it has some unreleased tracks on it, so that you're you're getting some new stuff. Oh, unreleased tracks. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah. How about the? Um, let's see the uh, the special that I paid one dollar to watch. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? I did. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. How much of that one dollar are you getting? No, I'm kidding. Um, let's talk about that. You, you there's so there. You, you know, earlier we talked about a, a Netflix dropping a million specials mm-hmm. last week. Sean Patton was on the podcast. We talked about there were in January, like in one day, 47 Netflix is putting on 47 comedy specials Great. across the globe. Uh, Comedy Central, I wrote this down, just announced that uh, they're calling next this coming January stand-up month to basically compete with Netflix. Wow. Where somebody, like Nick Swartzen, for example, his mm-hmm. new special is going to be it's on. True. Um, and then there's this dry bar comedy right. where you and like Tommy Ryman and a lot of people that have been on this podcast that uh-huh. are Acme regulars have these specials and clips yeah. that are like getting seen by millions of people. Yeah, yeah. One of my clips... 1.95 million views. Yeah. I, I just, uh, it's just unthinkable. Did you see that coming? Did not. Did not see it coming at all. I mean, these guys did good products. They do a five camera, very clean shoot. You do, you know, you can do any material you want to, but the what, what they provide for people is they provide a way that you can watch anything. You can watch stand-up specials, you can watch movies, and they will take out the bad parts. Yeah. Which, which upset Hollywood and rightly so. You can't you can't play around with people's yeah. But then they realize oh there's money to be made and uh, so they've they've reached a agreement where you you can you can a service can be provided that you can take the bad parts out in your perception. Yeah, I mean I don't I I if you know you don't need to describe and people will be bored as hell. But there have been like there are lawsuits going on like between these companies and Hollywood the, yeah, the, studios and stuff because of the right as as what I th- it's called VidAngel. Yeah, it's it's uh, two two Mormon guys who have started this and. They're really great guys. They love comedy, but I mean, that's where comedy was born out of. Is that they they were their service was shut down by Hollywood, pending a lawsuit, and so they had to create content. And they said, "We'll just we'll just do clean comedy," and they've just produced mass amounts of these. Yeah, you know, half hour to hour long specials. I think and, Tim Harmston, who you yeah. mentioned, I think he's got one. Mary Max got one. Uh-huh. Yeah, so many people. Yeah. And it, it provides an opportunity. And in the meantime, I think they found a settlement. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Bent Washburn's got one. David Crow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I'm um, not being part of the. How, how do you describe it? Like the censorship community or the clean yeah. community? Like mm-hmm. I. 
Without uh, having those clips pop up on my Facebook, I would not know that that exists. I right. wouldn't know that there's a, uh, a system where you can watch, which I've looked now, and I know, now I know what you're talking about, right. uh, where you can go on Amazon and watch a movie through their filter, and it'll take out the whatever you don't want to wow. see. Yeah, what, what I object to is I, I think that if you look at one of my, uh, the special, and it says this this special contains some um, racial issues. I saw that. Yeah, and it's like, I don't think so. There really is no racial issues, in, and I feel bad getting that stigma. Right. And so that's what my one objection is, that by, by saying that, you create that. And, and, uh, and so, I've, you know, look, I'm a... I'm a, a, a white male, middle-aged, and I don't want to be anything to do with being referred to as a white supremacist. Hell no. I'm a, Dwi- I'm a Dwight supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> if you put that on a shirt, I will buy it. <laughs> Good. Please. Good. <laughs> Dwight supremacist. Have you used that before? I have. Okay. Uh, but, but not a lot, so no. thank you. Good. <laughs> No, but if you haven't used that like on an album title or anything. Not you? yet. No. Oh, that's <laughs> that's so great. Do you have any interest in uh, hosting the, the, the Oscars? <laughs> I think Since I'm we're like, talking about this. I'm like third on the list. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. So I'm uh, keeping up. It'll be, it'll be interesting. It's crazy that last week, you know, we usually record the podcast on Thursday. Before I was here last week, that news came out that uh, Kevin Hart had mm-hmm. been. Uh, he was going to host the Oscars, and then by the time I got home, yeah, he, he, he had uh, stepped away. Yeah, what? Yeah, man, that happens fast. Holy cow, that happens fast. Yeah, it's it's. Um, uh, I I I was interested in the in the situation because I went through an experience um, a couple of years ago where I worked for this nonprofit. and I agreed to do stand up and also be the MC of this. Uh, group and I did some material about my neighborhood. Which, when I moved in my neighborhood, it was a rough part of town. Mm-hmm. And uh, the joke is, even the milk was in the forty ounce. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I did the series of jokes, and this and a group of people who um, who just were was were not going to accept that. Insisted I do an apology, and I disagreed. I said I won't do an apology. I'll I saw. Yeah, yeah. I, I was following along, when and this was happening quite on Facebook. A wave. Yeah, it was. Uh, and this this guy called me out as a white supremacist on Facebook with my picture. Yeah, I know. Just completely inappropriate. Totally. And um, and so you know, I wound up apologizing because clearly part of the problem was that I did not see who my audience were. This this audience was taking people that were disenfranchised and giving them housing. And I'm making fun of the housing that they're getting. Okay. And, uh, so, I, you know, I apologize, but I realize now what I'm apologizing for was, was not appropriate. But, you know, but I'm a comedian, all right? You hired me as that. Yeah. And what I later found out was the dude didn't know I was a comic. He thought I was a speaker or a professional MC, oh. And uh, like a lot of idiots in the world, just went knee-jerk response. In, you know, I'm not going to take this. I'm going to take over the situation and ruin, partially ruin the evening. But on the broad side, um, they raised more money in that year than they had in previous years. Oh, look at that. And so uh, I, have n- I rescind my apology and I stand behind <laughs> The fact that you made your money, so <laughs> there's a silver lining if I've ever heard that's one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you were if you wanted to talk about that, so I'm glad to. Glad yeah, you it was it, it was very it was probably you know one of the worst experiences I've had as had a stand up had to have been because what I, I was emceeing this I was introducing video of the organization I was introducing the president of the organization and I would get off stage and these three people are shouting at me going you need to apologize for what you said and then I, I'm like I'm not going to apologize I'll, uh, you can fire me and I'll walk out but you, good luck doing your fucking show yeah. without an MC. and then I'd stop and go oh I have to introduce someone I go back on stage introduce someone 
ask people to give money, and I go back off stage, and they're like, you need to apologize. Oh, my God. <laughs> so finally I went, I finally apologized. I finally went, look, if anyone was offended by what I said, I apologize. We're here to have a great time and raise the thing, and I apologize. Get off stage. Not good enough. You weren't sincere. And I was like, and then I had to go right back on stage and introduce someone, and I'm like, how is this happening? And then at the end of the show, I had to do a 45-minute set. And people are drinking and, you know, there's a lot of talking because uh, it, it got out that the people were upset and, and it was just – but I, I slugged through it. And, um, and I was proud of, of what I did in my work and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what uh, – you know, I'm not going to resend anything what I said, you know. Fuck them for not having the balls enough to accept a comedian that really worked hard for your organization. Yeah. That's my final – answer yeah there you go <laughs> and now you've changed your um you've taken um mc out of your bio <laughs> <laughs> uh no a lot of work and, and then of course you know what what how this all ends i moved to idaho right. which has one of the worst track records <laughs> of white supremacy and they're just, I'm sure they're going, see, 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 <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course he left. So, yeah, I realize that uh, I'm, I'm not going to win in this situation. No, I, that's I, all right. I guess, I guess not. Uh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you uh, were cool talking about that. No, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't mind at all. Yeah. You know, it's quite an ordeal. No yeah. doubt about yeah. it. Well, you know, here, here's the, the real weird part of this whole story was that um, after the show was done, we went and had a, a, a next door to this restaurant to get something to eat. And my wife was very upset, and, and we were all upset about what was going on. I went to the bathroom, and as I'm coming out of the bathroom, I pass... Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy from uh, PBS uh, that got nailed for Me Too, older guy. Charlie Rose? Charlie Rose. I passed him... And we looked at each other, and he had been doing a speaking engagement in Portland the same night. And it was just the fact that we—I later, like, pieced it all together and go, what a weird way to end that is that Charlie Rose and I pass Uh and look at each other. And uh, anyway— <laughs> then you, <laughs> then you walked outside, and there was a Kevin Spacey was on a billboard. <laughs> you watched went home, and come on, Harvey Weinstein movie was on. <laughs> mm. oh uh, who's on the phone? Kevin Hart. Why? It won't end. It won't end. Leave it. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, this is a good way to put, let's uh, let's put a bow on this thing. People sure. need to come out and see your shows uh, while there are still tickets here this weekend. I know we get a lot of groups in here. Uh, yeah, I think the Saturday's gone, but uh, tonight and tomorrow, or I think, have a few spots of, available. And uh, always looking, always looking forward to it. Hell yeah! Um, social media, as we just talked about. Are you still enjoying social media? Should people follow you? I think so. I, I've kind of been reinvigorated with social media. I try to. I th- I'm going to make an effort to do one thing a day. Okay. I like tw- I like Twitter. I think it's perfect for stand up. Yeah, I, I like think too. you. You owe it to people to give a little something. So. Uh, yeah, you add me as your Twitter, and you'll get something funny every day. At no cost whatsoever. That's right. <laughs> Much like this podcast. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Dwight. Thank you, Dwight. Justin. Supremacist. <laughs> Supremacy. Thank you.